Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Fibbert, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hi. How are you, Stanford? I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? Doing pretty good. Just started a new job where I'm pretty much wearing the same thing on my head while I'm there. The, the headset <laughs> with the mouthpiece. So, uh, hopefully I don't uh, shift into to working gear while we're doing podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Mark, today's this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each new episode, we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry, whether it's traditionally hand drawn, computer generated, or stop motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion. Yeah, this episode, we have a ton of reviews to talk about. Uh, a lot of TV shows came out in Blu ray, uh, as, as well as some uh, Disney films that maybe were already out in Blu ray, but, you know, Disney wanted to put out put them out again and we have some disney news as well as some star wars news as well so uh we have all that and more as well as a few trailers that we want to talk to you guys about so with that we'll be back in a few seconds guys with our new releases for the week Something inside like a mean cloud man and his beautiful cloud bride. Be high, oh no, don't put your foot in there, guy. Y'all tried that before and you know it didn't turn out right. Big shell, go inside, look around, it seems alright. Frog jumps out and balls a tiger, going down, poaching for food and fire. You know you should have stayed and fought that sexy. And we're back with our new releases for the week. The first one is uh, Disney is re-released Sleeping Beauty on Blu-ray. Uh, if you recall, back in 2008, they released Sleeping Beauty on a Platinum Edition Blu-ray, which was actually the first Disney Blu-ray ever released. I remember uh, pre-ordering my copy from the Disney store way back then. Uh, and it was pretty cool, just that, you know, cause since it was the first animated Disney film they were getting on Blu-ray, it was, it was pretty awesome to see the the great animation from this film in high definition. So, agreed. That was that was a beautiful transfer, and uh, really loved that 2008 definitely platinum edition. And uh, actually, it, when this uh, sleeping, we're recording this on October 6th. Uh, this Blu-ray is coming out tomorrow on October 7th, which is actually six years to the day that it came out on Blu-ray originally for the platinum edition. Oh wow! So, so that's kind of interesting. Yes. Uh, so yeah, again, the video quality was fantastic. The audio quality was fantastic. It was 7.1 surround sound. If you have that intensive a, a sound system, you can it'll take full advantage of that. Uh, bonus features: there are some new ones on here, as well as some of the bonus features that were on that platinum edition. And that that's my first gripe with this Blu-ray is that if they were going to re-release it on Blu-ray put all the bonus features that were already on the first Blu-ray on this one then too. You already produced these for that one. And like some of them are specifically made in high definition for that original Blu-ray that weren't then ported over to this one. So here are all the ones that were on the Platinum Edition Blu-ray that are not on the Diamond Edition Blu-ray, which diamonds are supposed to be better than Platinum. Right. So, all right. So Cine Explorer, the in-movie experience, uh, Disney used to do this a lot. Like it was on the, the original Cars Blu-ray. John Lasseter like does a commentary with the film, and you know he walks you through 
different things with that. That was kind of the same thing with this one. Like it features the original concept art, production photos and whatnot during like the film is playing. So like it shows you like while you're watching it, it'll, you know, zoom some of the stuff in and like go in and go out while you're doing that. So that uh, got pulled. Yeah. That's not on here. No way. Uh, Grand Canyon, a short film shown before sleeping beauty during its original theatrical release was on that platinum edition. It's not, that's yeah. not on here. Uh, original Disneyland Sleeping Beauty walkthrough attraction. Uh, that's not on here. That was on the Platinum. Yeah. History of Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough attraction. Sequence 8, a closer look at the particularly uh, difficult scene that was in production for two years. Sleeping Beauty deleted songs. It happens. I have a picture. Riddle diddle. Go to sleep. Sleeping Beauty alternate opening. Uh, storyboard sequences. Fairies. Put, um, original live action reference film footage. The Peter Tchaikovsky story, 49-minute dramatization. Four artists paint one tree. Uh, Sleeping Beauty Art Gallery's publicity, uh, which had the three trailers of the film. Uh, there's four Blu-ray games on there. Uh, there's Princess Fun Facts, music video, Once Upon a Dream, Disney Song Selection Suite, and then the Song Lyrics Subtitle Track. So basically, if you already own the Platinum one, hold on to that. Keep it. <laughs> yeah. And... If you're looking into getting the Diamond Edition one, uh, it has five new bonus features on there. So it depends on if you're if you'd want to upgrade base basically for those five new ones that they have on there in subtraction to all of those that I just named off. And the digital copy too. Seems yes. like the only other. Oh yeah, yeah. Because oh yeah, they made the big deal about that with like the trailers, like for the yeah. first time digital HD. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's uh, deleted scenes on here in HD. Uh, they've released a few of these online, um, which uh, the Cursed is Fulfilled, Arrival of Maleficent, Alternate Scene, and The Fair. Are, and they're presented with like original storyboards and narration and uh, newly recorded voice, voice work. Uh, then there's The Art of Evil, Generations of Disney Villains, which is a, a pretty cool feature. It's got animators uh, Lino DeSalvo, who you guys should know from Frozen, and then Andre Deja, who, again, you guys should know from Aladdin and, like, The Lion King. Uh, they share their memories of their favorite Disney villains and discuss the keys to, to creating those memorable antagonists uh, while looking back at, at the career uh, and iconic cr- characters that dis- the classic Disney animator Mark Davis, uh, who designed uh, Maleficent Force of Beauty. Uh, and they actually show Mark Davis... The, via some vintage interview snippets too so that was pretty cool um uh there's a disney anim they're continuing with this Din- at disney animation uh bonus features that they started i th- think uh two diamond editions ago with, with peter pan yeah it seemed like it was peter pan was the first one yeah and then this one's artist in motion it's an extended version of the previously released featurette uh that followed disney visual development artist uh Brittany lee uh, who, if you guys follow like on Instagram or, or Twitter, you can or see Twitter. that she does like all this really cool paper sculpture. She really is Art. a wonderful artist. There's yeah. a lot of beautiful work. Yeah, and this has like a great thing with like her building this this really awesome paper sculpture of Maleficent. Isn't that cool? I saw yeah. that they had some of that on you know on YouTube and wow. Yeah. And I think it's on the Disney movies in a wrap. Had a little preview of that. Yeah. So Oops. yeah, that should beautiful. be available a few places to watch it. Um, but yeah, I guess this is the extended version of that uh yeah so that was pretty cool Brittany Brittany lee in general is kind of cool so, so yeah and uh, if you've seen before she made that thing for um uh, 
his name is escaping me right now. The the dude that that directed Paperman. John Cars. Yeah, John Cars. Uh, I remember she made this really cool paper airplane thing for him when when he he left Disney. So yeah, her her paper construction is really cool. And then like she explains like how she does it in that that feature as well. Uh, and then there's the standard uh, promote Disneyland and Disney World bonus feature that has come on the past few Blu-rays as well. This yeah. one is Once Upon a Parade. Uh, and I think Jessica actually wrote a, a, a story about this for us on the, the website once. Uh, it's got Modern Family, Sarah Highland, and she just uh, shares the fairy tale history of Walt Disney World's new festival of fantasy parade with a small group of young Disney tourists. Well, that parade has got that really fantastic uh, Maleficent as a dragon yeah. float, kind of like a steampunk, you know, mechanical version of the dragon. I haven't seen it in a person, but the oh, pictures yeah. sure look great. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, that's featured within that. I don't remember if this is the same parade that has Anna and Elsa in it now too. I don't know. I think like they're, they're they have like a mini parade of them before yeah. this parade starts. I exactly, sometime. and I don't know what. The, yeah, I know they have that mini parade in, in Disneyland, but who knows what they've got? And then they they're, have their own dedicated float oh yeah, or what? Oh yeah, and then there's a Beauty Oki, uh, Once Upon a Dream, which is a dynamic sing along for Once Upon a Dream. So I'll let you you guys try to figure out what Beauty Oki is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, if you already own the, the Platinum Edition, there's really not too much of a need to to pick this up unless you want some of the new bonus features that came with this. I mean, the the art of evil, generations of Disney villains, it, and that Disney animation artists in motion. Those bonus features are are pretty worth it in themselves. And then, if you want the digital HD copy of it, that that's the only way to get this as well. But also, uh, when when I opened this Blu-ray up, it it made me sad again, <laughs> because guess what the the next Diamond Edition Blu-ray is. Well, I think it has something to do with some dogs, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Is that am I right? Yeah, not with the blue genie and, and his fez, right. fez wearing friend with a monkey. It's 101 Dalmatians, right? Yeah, which which I'm, I'm glad 101 Dalmatians is coming to to absolutely Blu-ray. first time on Blu-ray. Yeah, not, not in, still not re-releasing Pinocchio on Diamond Edition Blu-ray and taking 50 of the bonus features off, which because I think Pinocchio is still uh, one that hasn't had a Diamond Edition. But it did have that platinum edition Blu-ray, so I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get Pinocchio in the fall next year before we get Aladdin and Diamond. Edi- that, <laughs> um, that, that's hopefully, probably what will happen. Hopefully they're <laughs> speeding that up for us. Yes, we'll see. Although, yeah, hopefully at this point, uh, if 101 Dalmatians is what's coming out in the spring, Aladdin is hopefully what will be coming out in the fall. And maybe it'll be a 3D Blu-ray because there's been rumors of it being re-released theatrically next fall in 3D. And maybe they'll have some like bonus features on there about the Broadway show as well. And then maybe uh, now they they'll have time to do like a retrospective talking about Robin Williams as well, which would be pretty cool for them to, yeah. them to do and have that on there. They could, and then I'm sure at that point, like a week or two later, maybe a month or two later, we'll get Return of Jafar and Aladdin and the King of Thieves on, on Blu-ray as well because. Usually a month or two later is when the the sequels that they made follow uh, on Blu-ray, uh, and then sometimes they do like a box set that has all of them on there. So maybe we'll get all of them at the same time if you buy a box set. But who knows yet? 
Um, the, the next one is the first of the TV shows we're going to be talking about that came out on Blu-ray recently. This is another one from Warner Archive. It's the second season of Batman, the Brave and the Bold. And the, the pretty awesome thing about this season was that it had Scooby-Doo on it. Uh, also had Weird Al Yankovic, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, besides those cameos from from people, there's there's also you know new uh, allies that show up and, and fight along Batman in here, where like Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, uh, Shazam, Martian Manhunter, Batgirl, uh, Firestorm, which Firestorm is actually going to be on this season of Arrow if you guys watch that at all. So. And then also the Joker shows up again, Darkseid, Black Adam, and Gorilla Grodd are all show up again too. So this season was pretty, pretty awesome as well. Uh, again, there's no bonus features on this, so if you already had purchased it on iTunes, or if you just watch it, I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix. So if you're not like too keen on just basically having a physical copy of it to to own yourself, then there's those other means to have it. But this is also a great uh, compilation of that season two. Uh, I believe there's only one season left after this to to get a release. If if they'll put that one out as well. So if you if you haven't seen Batman the Brave and the Bold, it's pretty cool. It's like it's like the same kind of tone as you would say maybe um like the 1960s Adam West Batman live action series yeah. was. It's got that same kind of tone to it. It's not as dark as like Batman the animated series from the 90s or. Uh, the Bruce Tim stuff. Yeah, the Bruce Tim kind of like Batman stuff, or even like the Christian Bell, Chris Nolan Batman, or like Tim Burton Batman stuff. It's it's closer to like that campy Batman, not the dark brooding Batman. There are some kind of darker episodes, but more often than not, this series is more campy than than. Uh, and if Scooby Doo shows up, too, yeah, yeah, and Weird Al, so, and Weird Al, <laughs> with within the DC universe as Weird Al, so. But yeah, so. Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty great show if you haven't watched it before. I definitely suggest checking that out as well. Have you ever seen Batman Brave and the Bold? I've never watched a full episode, Mark, so you inspired me to. If you're going to watch one, uh, go check it out. Look up the, the Music Meister. Okay. That was one, like a like a musical episode they did that Neil Patrick Harris does the voice of the Music Meister, which is like a a villain that makes everybody sing. <laughs> so that's a, that's a cool one to check out if you haven't seen that one before. Uh, the The next one. I, I have missed the past few seasons of South Park, uh, and this recently got season 17 of it on Blu-ray, which uh, and I was able to watch. This, this season had, let's see, it had uh, 10 episodes, so it, I got through it pretty quick. Uh, they're all like, you know, the, the standard 20-minute kind of episodes without the, the commercials and everything. I had a, a trilogy called the Black Friday Trilogy of episodes in here, which is like a, a nice like riff on, you know, the way people act around Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And uh, it also, at the same time, was, like, parodying Game of Thrones and had, like, a cameo from George R. R. Martin in there. <laughs> and it was funny, like, the <laughs> way that... that yeah. yeah. it was funny the way, like, they made fun of Game of Thrones in there as well, and there's nice homages to it at the same time. Uh, th- there is World War Zimmerman, which was... A, which another one was kind of interesting, where, like, it... it did like a tongue-in-cheek thing where it like mixed the world war z that came out this past summer with uh the whole uh george zimmerman trial and cartman believed that like token was mad at him for 
the George Zimmerman trial and was having these dreams like he was Brad Pitt from World War Z. <laughs> so that was funny as well. And then uh, there there was a, another great one that had like, um, it was called Ginger Cow. And basically uh, when uh, Jewish, uh, Catholic, and Islamic, uh, the, the main heads of all of those religions saw uh, this ginger cow had them finally unite and stop fighting each other, and Israel became a very peaceful place, all because of a, a lie that Cartman tells. So that was that was pretty cool episode. It was funny the way that they did that. Quintessential South Park. Yeah, uh, yeah. They always find a way to like uh, tackle like really kind of touchy subjects and like make them funny in a way. Uh, and then there's social commentary on all these episodes, which it's it's not like the standard audio commentary would get. It's more like pop-up video. If you guys, if you're old enough to remember VH1's pop-up video from like the late '90s, where it'll give you like you know snippets about that, that music factoids. video. Yeah, so this is kind of like that, but it was like I guess stuff that they would have written on Twitter like during the episode, but they included it on on each episode of here like for for those so that's interesting you'll have to to watch that though to to really really see that and then there's also mini commentaries by uh trey parker and matt stone on all of the episodes which are pretty cool which it's kind of funny that they've been doing these for like the past few seasons and i remember them saying they did it because they're they're kind of lazy and they don't want to do a commentary for the entire episode so they'll maybe do like commentary for like the first five minutes of the episode and then they're done. So, so they get all like the information out they need to within that five minutes, and then you watch the rest of the episode. Watch the rest of that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some deleted scenes on here too. And with and if you've seen like that six days uh, uh, to air documentary that they did about the making of South Park. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, the deleted scenes on here are all like finished animation, and it just shows like how far into the production they go before like they make those final cuts to, to the episode so, so yeah it's cool to see like deleted scenes from an animated uh project like fully rendered finished and everything just deleted from the episode so that was that was cool as well so yeah those are all the bonus features on there i, I would definitely suggest checking this season out it looks great in high definition too just because of because if you've seen what what they use to, to do the animation on this show too it's kind of funny it's like the same computers and like animation tools like Pixar would be using to do their future animation, but they're using it for South Park, which is supposed to look like really cheap animation, yeah. like with paper. If you, like, yeah, cutouts. Yeah, but since it's doing that in such like a, a high-powered thing, it ends up looking really well done. So it's, it's definitely cool, and I would definitely check say to check out season 17 of South Park on Blu-ray. I'm gonna have to go back and check out the past few seasons of Mist too because I hadn't seen any of that season. I really enjoyed it, so I'm gonna go back to maybe like season 14, 15, yes. 16 and check those out too. Uh, the next one, another animated TV show on Blu-ray, the fourth season of Adventure Time, has just come out on Blu-ray. Uh, it's all 26 episodes of that. There's commentaries on all of these episodes again, which is pretty cool. They've been doing it with. With the the past two or three seasons of Adventure Time, they've had a commentary on every single episode for that. Uh, th this was another great season from the show. It's got a bunch of kind of quintessential episodes in the season too. It's got a, a lot of uh, very quotable episodes if you've watched it as well. And then there's a really cool 
bonus feature on here about the music of Adventure Time, which is called Distant Bands, the music of Adventure Time. And it, it has Pendleton Ward on there as, as long as, as well as um, some of his other writers and producers on the show and what their inspiration was for certain songs that they did for the series as well as uh, there's like some snippets of Pendleton Ward like actually singing some of the songs they've done. And like there's like these inside stories about like I guess actually I never noticed it before if you watch or and listen to the the opening theme song to the show, you can hear a keyboard during like a, a typing keyboard at one point like when Jake is is walking past a mountain in it and that was because where they were recording it someone was typing in the same room and that just happened to be the recording they liked the most so that's the one they used for the the, the theme. And I never noticed it before, but now I'm going to notice it every every single time. Oh, yeah. And there's also a really a funny story that me and my son laughed at, because, you know, uh, if you're once you're a little boy and you, you laugh at a certain kind of humor, you always laugh at that, even if you're, like, a, a 28-year-old man. Um, but Pendleton Ward was talking about, like, when they were recording one of the, the bits to it, someone in the room let out, like, a really loud fart. <laughs> And the the microphone caught it, and so like when he sent it in, that was that was that same recording that they liked the most, and, and I guess like the people when they went to, to mix it, they're like, there's like this weird sound, at at the beginning of it. Do, do you know what that is? He's like, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, that must just be something with the guitar. So he's he's like, so yeah, the, like they they pitched up the guitar a little bit in the audio, to, to cover that. But like he's yeah, he said he never told anybody that 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 sound that they were trying to to fix was basically just someone farting. So yeah, I mean, my son started laughing about that. Really. Yeah, so that was yeah. funny. Got a kick out of that. <laughs> And it was just funny because of the, the way that Pendleton Ward was was telling the story about it in, in retrospect. So we thought that was funny. But yeah, uh, that looks great as well. You know, since that's a very colorful show, it looks fantastic in HD, uh, just like seasons one, two, and three. So uh, the first season has Finn as the the main face on the cover, and it's cool how they do like these cutouts on the on the slip covers too. So it looks like one thing. Uh, with the slipcover on, you take it off, the character looks a little bit different. Uh, season 2, they had the Ice King, and then Season 3, they had Bemo. Bemo, yeah. S- season 4 has Marceline, the vampire, uh, and it's like her face, like her full full head of hair. If you take the slipcover off, it's her her like punk rock uh, haircut she had at one point, like when they do flashbacks, where it's like half shaved off on one side, so it's kind of cool to see as well. And then, yeah, then like the other ones, if you open it up, like the slipcover, the insert will be like the the muscular cross section and then the the disc itself is like the skeletal cross section of that character so me and my son are wondering when they're going to do jake for the cover but i almost wonder like if they'll hold off doing jake for a cover until maybe like the the last season of the show yeah because that way they'll have finn as the first cover and then jake as the last one that makes sense. Yeah, I figure next season will probably be either be Princess Bubblegum or, or maybe like uh, Lumpy Space Princess, but I guess we'll see. So yeah, th- that is also available tomorrow when, uh, once this is all done. We're recording. Uh, uh, yeah, Sleeping Booties is on Tuesday. Adventure, our Adventure Time is also on Tuesday. So, uh, South Park is already available as well is Batman Brave and the Bold that's also already available too 
So you can already check all of those out. By the time you're listening to this, all of these are available, so you can check all of them out. And then the last one we're going to talk about, uh, at least, uh, well, second to the last one. Uh, did you get a chance to see the box trolls this past no. weekend? No. Oh, I, I, I was going to go uh, last week, and then I, I, I had a scheduling problem, and I, and I, I couldn't get there. So hopefully I can get there. I'm right. seeing Gone Girl tonight, oh, so hopefully a... I can go after Gone Girl. That was, that was make really... it a double feature. That'll be an interesting double feature for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some of the people that were in Gone Girl actually have co-starred with some of the voices that were in Box Trolls. See? So and are actually in films with them also in theaters right now as well. That'll be a connection, so I'll, 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 I'll report in. <laughs> and Gone Girl was really good, too. Not yeah. animation, but yeah, it was a, it was a great film. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Box Trolls was was pretty awesome. We talked about Game of Thrones a few seconds ago. Uh, the, the the kid that plays Bran on Game of Thrones, if you guys watch that, Isaac Hempstead, right? He does the voice of uh, Eggs in this film, which which is like the the human boy who who lives with the Box Trolls. I I enjoyed the movie. I, I still like Paranorman a, a lot more than it that I than Box Trolls. It's still a, a really great film. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I think maybe as I connected to Paranorman, maybe. But I thought that the writing was still really well done. The animation was well done as well. There's this cool thing at the end of the film where two characters are like questioning like their existence and the meaning of life. And as they're doing that, it kind of like cross-dissolves in and shows one of the animators, you know, doing the animation for that. So that, that was cool to see that. So... That, that that's one of the cool things that they did in here that I thought was cool during the credits. Uh, it's got a great voice cast too. Like like I just said, uh, Isaac Hempstead, right? Ben Kingsley, Elle Fanning, Tony Collette, uh, Jared Harris, uh, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost, and then Richard Iodide, uh, who you guys remember as Moss from the IT Crowd. And I heard his voice in the movie, and I kept going, oh, "Who is that? I know that voice, and I can't." think of who's doing the voice and then when they showed the names at the end i was like oh okay it was richard iodide so and then tracy morgan also does the voice too so you have the, like this this huge like more or less british cast and then tracy morgan <laughs> so so that was kind of funny yeah uh, uh yeah I, I really enjoyed it it's based on the the, the book herbie monsters uh, by alan snow uh like again has done a great animated film it's good for, it's got that you know kind of creepy factor but it's also a good family film uh it's directed by graham uh anna annabel and anthony stashi uh yeah so i would definitely suggest going to say going to check this out have you had a chance to to listen to the the soundtrack at all just a little bit mark and i uh th- this it's cool they've yeah. got uh they put some interesting stuff on there. Well, they have got that original song by Eric Idle. Yeah, right? so that, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, the score, uh, the composer is Dario Marinelli, who does this, this great kind of um, uh, very atmospheric score during the film. And it's 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 got this like really creepy feel to it. You could, so you could almost like play this music like if you had like a, a speaker setup or something like on your porch for Halloween this year if you wanted to. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like you're saying, there's a, a good uh, song called the Box Troll song, which was written by Eric Idle, and um, that's performed by Sean Patrick Doyle, Mark Orton, and Locke Lomond. Uh, Locke Lomond does a few other songs too, as with Little Boxes, uh, 
if you guys have ever watched the show Weeds, uh, that sh that song will be familiar to you. <laughs> I'll, I'll actually put that in here as one of the, the songs as an inter interstitial song. Uh, he also did Some Kids and Whole World. Uh, that Whole World one, I believe, was on one of the one of the the teasers or trailers we got for Box Trolls like last year or so. Uh, so yeah, those are all great songs that he did as well. Uh, and then there's the Quattro Subbentino, which is performed by Peter Harris. Uh, Alex, I have no idea how to pronounce this guy's name. It's got uh, consonants where her vowel should be. Uh, Tisilganius, uh, Thomas Kennedy, and Edmund Saddington. So yeah, all, all the music in this is, was really well done as well. It's uh, a little bit more musical of a film than they say Paranorman or was, uh, but right on the same line as like Coraline was with that the music that that film had well um, you know dario marinelli too mark uh he he won an academy award in 2007 for best original score for uh the live action film atonement oh yeah so uh yeah he's 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 really prolific he's been busy oh and it's, uh, some of the some of the secondary voice artists in here too are are ones that we all know and love from like maurice lamarche does the voice uh, D. Bradley Baker does the voice. Uh, Steve Bloom does the voice, uh, who who uh, we'll be talking about in a second. Uh, he he did a voice in Star Wars Rebels, and he also did the voice of Wolverine and Wolverine the X Men. And then Tom Kenny does a voice too, who we just talked about with the Metro Time. He does the voice of Ice King on that, and obviously everybody knows that he does the voice of SpongeBob as well. So yeah, it's got it's got a pretty cool like voice artist. Uh, a gallery going on for for box trolls as well so I would definitely suggest checking that out too uh, and, and that's that was the thing that came out most recently in theaters i actually got to go to a screening last week with my son of, of star wars rebels uh, spark of rebellion which was like that that movie pilot that they did for star wars rebels kind of in the same way as like how they did the star wars the clone wars feature film uh, but this didn't have like you know like a wide release like that. It was, they, I guess they just did like screenings, like you know like you know like how they sometimes do advanced screenings of like different films. That's kind of more or less what they did for, yeah, for this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So th this was cool. They had like a bunch of stormtroopers there, like all dressed up, and like uh, the Cad Bane from Clone Wars. There was a guy dressed up like him there. Uh, they were doing like these uh, uh, balloon animal lightsaber things. So, so <laughs> Son got one of those. They did face paintings of like lightsabers and stuff on. Wow, on fancy! The face. Uh, they were giving out posters, uh, and then like Subway right now has uh, Star Wars Rebels like those bags that they do there, like those little uh, knapsack things that they give out. They were giving yes. those out as well. So he got a pretty good array of, of goodies for himself from seeing the movie. Uh, and the movie was about forty-five minutes long. They showed like a. A preview of like the next episode or and and the season in general it, it was cool seeing it in theaters too i i do like the opening that they did for clone wars a little bit more because this like where it's got like the you know the classic kind of star wars thing where it starts off with like the star wars uh theme and like the title and then it kind of you know like has like this little brief like little wording and then it goes into the episode where like this it starts right into the episode like as like a cold open type of thing and then they do the title and then it goes back into the episode so i kind of liked the way that that was set up more like with rebels i mean uh clone wars when they did that 
that was my only kind of complaint. Uh, I liked the voice cast for this. I thought that was really well done. The writing was really well done as well. Uh, what did you think about it? I know that you watched it on the, the Disney XD app. Oh, I thought it was terrific. I, I was surprised, in fact, how much I liked it. It, uh, you know, as it's well documented, and a lot of people have been talking about the the animation style that they've chosen to use is really closer to uh, Episode Four, yeah. or the original trilogy, uh, and uh, much of it, it just almost felt like he was look. You know, you were looking at it. I think they they. They did made a lot of choices that make it made it feel that same way too. So that story was interesting. I really liked I liked the character design overall, and and uh, really really was entertaining. I thought it was a great start for the series. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked the introduction to all all of our characters that we got. Uh, oh, uh, before before I forget about it, when you go see Gone Girl, uh, if you watch Boy Meets World. Uh, you, You'll know who watched Boy Meets World be by the only people that get excited during this part of the film. The kid who played Minkus uh-huh. in Boy Meets World is in, in Gone Girl. He plays a cop. Oh, really? Yeah, when I was watching it with my wife, I was like, that's Minkus. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in the film that long, but... But still. But I was, like, enough, that's like freaking, I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, uh, the Star Wars, the, the second episode of that is actually... Available for free to download on iTunes right now. The Droids in Distress, I believe it's called. You're gonna have to look on. If you're gonna have to search Star Wars Rebels because there's it's under two for things right now because it's got Spark of Rebellion as its own thing by itself, and then it has the series by itself as well. So the Droids in Distress will be a separate thing on there. But yeah, that's free to download right now. It's got some some nice Star Wars universe cameos in there from. People we've met before in, in other films, as well as in possibly in a Disney park, uh, if if you know what I'm insinuating. Yes, I've heard about that too. Yeah, so th- that was pretty cool. Both both a vehicle and a character. And a character. Yeah, and then and then two other characters, and then another character from films. So I'm not going to ruin. Out yeah, I'm not. Fans. Yeah, we, we won't ruin what those surprises are but <laughs> we, we've we've laid the breadcrumbs and now it's time for you to pick them up to see right go check it out yeah so yeah go check that out and that actually hasn't aired on tv yet so it's going to be on tv until the 13th so if you want to watch it early downloading it uh that way for free through itunes is one way and then i believe it's also already on the disney xd app as well so you can watch spark of rebellion and the droids in distress episode both already on the disney xd app so, if you have that, that's that's gonna help you out if you're a big Star Wars fan like we are. All right, guys, that is our new release section for the week. Uh, we'll be back with our our huge news section, which is our main topic this week, uh, since this is an AF news episode. Uh, and we'll be back in a few seconds with that, guys. Hey 
and we're back with our news section for the week. Uh, Stanford, I'll let you take the, the first bit of news. Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're pretty excited about Big Hero 6 here at Animation Fascination, and the uh, folks at Disney Parks are, are getting in the whole synergy thing that Disney does so well. Uh, at Disneyland Park in California, you can see, I guess, I think it's about a 15-minute sneak peek of of Big Hero 6 now. It's playing in Tomorrowland in the Magic Eye Theater, which many of you have probably uh, either seen Captain EO there or Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. It's that same theater just right outside, yeah. right at the base of Space Mountain. And you said Guardians so, of the Galaxy there, too. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was there, and, you know, they had, they were running, like, a 17-minute preview. The theater has got a, a moving floor that they've kept, you know, that they, that they used. I think it got installed with Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Oh, yeah. And then it also, they can spit water and I think do some different uh, scents. Yeah, things, no, and there's, I know there's some stuff like under the seats that can come out and do things too. Yeah, so th they're calling it a 4D preview. Uh, people have been pretty tight-lipped about what's what's going on in there, so uh, I'm sure it's cool. So if you're going to Disneyland, make sure you go check out that big Hero 6 preview. Maybe you should ask Jessica. Yeah, so Jessica she, can give She us. works there. An insider. Uh, like, tell us what's going on inside, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I've read that people have gone to see it, but they haven't said, they haven't given a breakdown about what's happening. I'm sure they're probably not wanting people yeah. to film it. Yeah, maybe we can either. Maybe we can ask her to give, like, a like write, like a rundown of what's going on inside the, the yeah. closed doors of the Big Hero 6 Sneak Peek 40. <laughs> the 40 Magic Guy theater preview i don't know if one if they're putting in one at walt disney world yeah. but they're they definitely got this one going on right now at disneyland right so yeah i i would want to check that out it looks pretty cool i like the the sign that they did too it's got yeah uh beam or, yeah i was gonna call baymax bemo for a second <laughs> <laughs> another another uh, friendly robot all that adventure time talk yeah yeah, yeah uh, but yeah uh baymax like they even made it so like on the sign like the the light is going through uh his his you know his balloonish makeup uh like it like it does in the film which that's like one of the things i like the most about the animation that i've seen from big hero 6 so far is like the lighting the way that it goes through his his like yeah. his, his skin mm -hmm. i think that's really cool and like i thought i wonder how long like they spent like researching the lighting to do that in the film i'm sure, I'm sure it took a while oh yeah yeah, so I'm looking forward to that bonus feature on the eventual, the eventual Big Hero 6 Blu-ray <laughs> that we right. get. Blu-ray next year. Yeah. Uh, so and going from there, talking about more animation, uh, the View Conference that's going to be taking place next week from the 14th to, to the 17th uh, in Turin, Italy. So if you're heading to Italy or if you live there and you listen to us, buongiorno. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's Go ahead. What? C. Yes. 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 I, I took French, so I, I know some of the words are, are somewhat similar. Similar. Yeah. It's basically like if you mixed Spanish and French together, because "bonjourno" is like "bonjour" in French, uh, yeah. and "c" is like "yes" we, yeah. in Spanish, because that's what it is in Spanish. Um, but for, apart from that uh, tr uh, tangent, we just went on. Uh, Alvy Ray Smith is going to be there doing, as a keynote speaker. Tom McGrath, 
Uh, so Ellie Ray Smith, you may know, is the Pixar co-founder. He's also an artist, inventor, and author. Uh, Tom McGrath, who is from DreamWorks, he's an award-winning director, writer, producer, and actor. Uh, you may recognize him as one of the voices of the Penguins in The Penguins of Madagascar. He's going to be there as well, speaking. Uh, what are you excited about coming from the, the VIEW conference? Well, you know, Glenn Keane. I think any time... Oh, yeah, yeah with, the, with his short that he just did recently too. Anytime you can go here, Glenn Keane, I think is just, you know, it's not to be missed. So uh, that I'm sure it's going to be a a terrific conference. So I hope uh, any of you who go, please let us know and tell us how awesome it was. Oh yeah. And then Disney's also going to be screening feasts there. Yes. Uh, They're also going to have a presentation about big hero six. Is lava screening there too? Yeah. Yeah. Pixar's going to be screening lava too. So, if you're in Italy, you get to go check out all this cool animation stuff. Maybe, hopefully, I win the lottery like in the next seven days, <laughs> and I can go to Italy and check you it out too. Bust out a ticket and go. Yeah, yeah. we'll just buy a, an Italian villa while I'm there, <laughs> uh, so that I have a house to go to every year for for the view conference. For the view conference, <laughs> that'll just be that'll be my animation villa. Yes, uh, and then Sony Pictures is also gonna Sony Pictures Animation is also gonna be there. What a digital and our friends at Industrial Light and Magic are also going to be there, too. So It should be a pretty cool, geeky animation week of awesomeness in, in turn Italy next week. So I would definitely suggest if, if you can go check it out, go check it out. And if you do, let us know about it. Uh, and then then I'll let you take the next one, too. because, or Actually, I'll do the next one, and then you take the one after that, because you're actually okay. going to be there. Yeah. So uh, Disney and XPRIZE have... Uh, announced a contest that they're doing where they want want kids and, and young innovators and inventors, much like Hero in the film. Uh, basically, if you're between the ages of 8 and 17, I want you to create a video showing how you would use STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, or mathematics, and your creativity to solve a local or a global problem. And then your big idea could win you a trip to Hollywood, California to meet the creative team behind Big Hero 6, and a chance to walk down the red carpet at the film's premiere. So that'd be pretty cool, too. Uh, what I thought was funny with, with the rules, though, it says that you must be 18 to enter. Yeah, I was confused about that, too, because they want you just, you know, they only want, what, 8 to 17? Yeah. But, but then I, I was like, but you have to be 18 to enter. So I guess so your, like, parents, your yeah. parents enter it for you? Yeah. But I was like, this is so confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of confusing. But fun little contest. Hopefully, hopefully it'll get some... Yeah. Some interesting response. I've liked how Disney's been doing some of this marketing for Big Hero Six. I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff they've put on yeah, I've liked it. Twitter and Instagram, but they've been going to uh, craft fairs. So they went to uh, yeah. Or somebody to, took our idea. Yeah, they took our three D printed Baymax idea. I know. <laughs> I was like, you sons of guns. I know. It's and it's the, 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 the model that they fair. use for it. Yeah. The model that they did for it is slightly different. Like yes, ours Baymax's hand is up and waving at you, and he's you know on our AF. And yeah, Theirs yeah. is just Baymax with his hands on his side. Yeah. So it's very close. If you have both of them, it'd be cool to kind of see a picture of them together, see how close they are to each other. I remember Matt sent me the the link to that, and he's like. They took our idea. <laughs> so, so then I, I sent him a link from from an older season of South Park where 
Uh, you guys may remember. They took our gerbs. I sent them that. <laughs> and I was like, oh. But uh, I did get a, a message on our, our Facebook the other day. Someone was really interested that they really liked our Baymax 3D model. They asked if there was anywhere to buy it. I don't, and I don't want to charge anybody for it because obviously, I mean, we didn't create Baymax, so I don't want to get in trouble. Obviously, for for selling property that we didn't originate, especially because well, Marvel actually, you know, originated Baymax, but then that design of Baymax is Disney. I don't want to go to get in a whole like legal thing with Disney and and Marvel, but but anyways, I I directed that person to if they have a, a Marvel store nearby. A Marvel store, a Microsoft store. Microsoft store. Yeah, uh, if you go to a Microsoft store, if you say you put, you go to our Thingiverse, you download that file to a flash drive, you bring that to the Microsoft store, you go like early in the morning, you ask them to print it out, they'll do it. And that basically is a way for them to also, you know, demo the the 3D printer in their, their store 3D during printer the. 3D printer that they've got on site. Yeah. yeah, and it gives them something to do. So. If you have one near you, I know there's not that many. There's one somewhat close to me. I don't have my own Baymax printed out yet. Uh, Matt still has. Uh, I know he tried to print one out for me, and it screwed up a little bit. And then the only other one I know about that someone printed out was uh, his his class uh, at, at the college that he teaches at, too. I printed it out, and I guess it didn't stick to the hot plate on the bottom of it well enough. So it's got, like, the feet, and then it's got, like, all this, like really stringy like plastic around it like in in the shape of baymax where it looks like something horrible happened to <laughs> to baymax so uh yeah baymax looks like he's gonna be pretty cool there's like these pop figures that are going to be coming out like the six inch ones like you can get him both uh not in his his superhero get up and just as you know his um balloony self so those are going to come out soon and they're going to have pop figures for all of the big hero six all characters. of the six yeah so You'll be able to get one for, for Go-Go, Wasabi, uh, Honey Lemon, Hero, and Fred. And the Fred one looks pretty awesome. It looks a lot different than most of the pop figures. And I saw Bruce Wright was saying that like he even really wanted that Fred one, too. Yeah, the Fred one looks great. Yeah. Oh, and going back to what we were, the, the challenge we're talking about, that challenge, the X-Prize, uh, started on the September 19th, and it goes... Until the twelfth, so that's this upcoming Sunday. Uh, so if you you hadn't seen the news on our site yet, uh, by the time this episode goes out, it should be Wednesday the eighth. You you still have a few days that you can work on that and get that into them by then. Uh, so if if you're still thinking about it, I would definitely enter that now. If you're between eight and seventeen, and then have to have someone eighteen to enter it for you because of the the kind of confusing yeah. uh, contest. Uh, rules as long as, as as far as age goes for it but looking forward to that uh, all the big hero six we can get and speaking of that yes so next uh thursday so thursday october 9th i guess it's this thursday yeah uh disney the walt disney studios is going to be making a presentation at new york comic-con as you probably recall uh, disney didn't make a studio or a film presentation at San Diego Comic-Con, which which they normally do, really, which all the big studios um, seem to do now. Uh, instead, though, they chose to go to New York Comic-Con, and they're going to be uh, presenting some stuff with Big Hero 6, as well as their new live-action film, Tomorrowland. Yes. 
And so all the directors are going to be on hand. So for Big Hero 6, Don Hall and Chris Williams are going to be there, as well as producer Ray Conley. Who knows? You'll wonder if some people from the voice cast or someone are going to uh, are going to join in. And then for Tomorrowland, directed by Brad Bird. So Brad Bird will be there. How cool is that? Very awesome. And, and uh, also producer Damon Lindelhoff. And I, I'm just checking. Is, is uh, Damon also a co-writer? Of the film, do you know? Yeah, I believe so. I think I thought so too. So, uh, and it says and special guests for both of those. Yeah, and special guests. Yeah, so writing credits are Brad Bird, Jeff Jensen, oh and, nice, and and Damon Lindelof. So, yeah, and if, and if you guys watch Lost, uh, you know that Jeff Jensen was also a writer on Lost too. So, I, I have uh, pretty high expectations now for Tomorrowland. <laughs> With uh, Brad Bird directing it and Damon Lindelof and Jeff Jensen writing it, so Tomorrowland really looks cool. Yeah, George and George Clooney's in that too, right? Yes. So I bet like special guests means like randomly some of the actors from both of those films. That's what I'm thinking too. May possibly show up, and we're gonna work our best on on getting Stanford into to speaking with these five people as well, since he'll be there that day in New York City. And then yeah. Uh, I don't mean to to throw uh, Stanford into this, but if anybody wants to meet Stanford Wells, he's in New York City, and you're a big yeah. fan of animation fascination. Absolutely, he'll be, he'll be at New York Comic Con that day. Send a tweet. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, if anything, we're gonna have uh, Stanford's gonna live tweet all this Disney awesomeness that's going on at New York Comic Con that day. And, yeah, and the New York Comic Con goes from Thursday to Sunday. To Sunday. And that panel itself is gonna be from. 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. on the main stage, 1D at the Javits Convention Center in New York City. Uh, I've only been there once. I went about four years ago. Uh, that, that main stage is pretty cool. I remember I saw like a Walking Dead panel like the year that that show started. So that was like one of the first panels that they had done for that show. So that was pretty neat. Frank Darabont was there. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to go. I, I, the last time I was at the Javits Center was for the New York Auto Show. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's, so, yeah, it'll be a was, very different feel. Yeah, it's going it's to be a little different experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah New York Comic Con is cool. It's it's the second like biggest yes convention, but it doesn't like I mean at least like the year that I went, like I felt like I still had walking room and whatnot. Like I had gone to San Diego Comic Con that year too, and like San Diego Comic Con. You basically have like personal space of about three inches. Oh yeah, it's just if that. Yeah, like when, yeah, when you're on the exhibition floor, uh, like New York Comic Con, you get like at least maybe three feet, at least. So, and yeah, maybe even that year, like maybe, I don't think maybe sometimes the exhibitor floor is as big there, like at least parts of it. So like it doesn't fill up as heavy as. San Diego one does, I, although I haven't been there for years, so maybe it's more uh, crowded than it than it was back. Yeah. So I don't know how many tickets they sell. It's completely sold out, so you can't yeah. even you know show up the day of and try to get in. Right. And that's even different from the year because I remember people were buying tickets that year at the, at the the door. Yeah. So we'll we'll have uh, Stanford posting pictures on the our Instagram account too. So. Yes. So looking forward to that, and and again, we're just we're stoked for Big Hero Six. It's hard to believe we're almost a month away, Mark. Yeah, and now Tomorrowland too. Yeah, and Tomorrowland. It's a really great stuff to look forward to. Brad Bird's second live action film. Yes, 
because uh, I mean, Ghost Protocol for Mission Pro, uh, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible was already pretty awesome. So, looking forward to, to more. I hope that he does go back to. He's he's doing uh, the Incredibles too, right? Well, that's so, what. At least he's he's writing. I don't know. It, I know if, at least. Yeah, I don't know if he's you know, going to direct it. I don't think they they officially announced that, but he's definitely involved with the uh, with all this you know story work that they're doing right now. Well, I've got my little Iron Giant pop figure on, on my desk <laughs> at, at work now. So excellent, along with Mike Wazowski, uh, Star Lord. Walter White and Sources Apprentice Mickey Mouse, the most eclectic group of people ever. <laughs> Especially Walter White. Yeah. <laughs> Just in there, Sources Apprentice Mickey Mouse. Exactly. <laughs> and Star Lord. Like I'd like to see Star Lord and Walter White in the, the same scene together. <laughs> Although they, they both have guns. They both have guns. The Walter White that I have too is like the pilot Walter White. So it's him wearing just like his green dress shirt tucked into his, his tidy whiteies and he's holding the gun. So it's like that like kind of iconic image from like the season one poster. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, going from there, possible character designs for DreamWorks Boo, also known as the Bureau of Otherworldly Operations, have shown up online in the, the kind of like, if you've seen those before, like those learn to draw books doesn't look like it's a book that's like actually out yet, but possibly just like a, a cover that was like submitted for like approval. Uh, and it looks like the designs of at least two of the guys in the film and then uh, two of, of the female leads as well. Although the, the one character may also, I'm not sure, it's got, it's an it, it's Pat situation going on. Just because she, she or he is wearing a helmet, so I can't tell. <laughs> Yeah, you can't tell from the picture. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but S- Seth Rogen is probably the character that's got that goatee. That's what I was wondering, too. And then Melissa McCarthy. You know, I bet that is uh, a woman. Because she seems to be wearing, like, the same uniform that, like, the other character's wearing. So that's probably Melissa McCarthy. That's McCarthy's. Melissa McCarthy's character. And then Rashida Jones is probably that... That one, the character that it shows, like that's like just drawn and not like the CG rendered. Uh, and then Matt Bomer is probably the one that kind of looks like Jimmy Neutron if he was grown up. Yes, <laughs> well, that's said. the first thing I thought of. I looked at, I was like, that just looks like Jimmy Neutron. They really have. It's like Jimmy Neutron meets DreamWorks. Yeah. Live uh, people. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, they're the, how they uh, how they draw their humans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Paramount did used to put out DreamWorks films. Paramount uh, does own Disney. I mean, not Disney. Wow. Nickelodeon. So Nickelodeon was Jimmy Neutron. Yep. So. It's all coming together. Yeah. And then Octavia Spencer, her character's probably not on this. And Bill Murray's character, I believe, is on this as well. I'm kind of hoping he plays a ghost, just because I think that'd be funny if Bill Murray played a ghost. Well, and the, the characters are in some kind of a suit. Yeah. Because I know, like, like from what we, we heard about the film already, like, they're kind of like uh, not not Ghostbusters, but <laughs> like but, but kind of Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, but kind of like uh, Ghostbusters meets Men in Black meets the R.I.P.D. film yeah. that came out last year with Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. It and seems Ryan like Reynolds. that like a similar idea or like bureau. 
So that's what it seems like what's going on. So should be interesting. I'm looking forward to a, like a trailer for this. We'll probably get one maybe attached to Penguins of Madagascar. That's what I'm wondering with Penguins, yeah. And if not that, definitely... With home. With home in in, in March. But but probably, if anything, like a very short teaser, definitely next month with, with Penguins. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking these designs so far. That, that character definitely looks like a Seth Rogen-ish character. Uh, and if you guys haven't seen it yet, just head over to our site. Uh, you can find it there under possible character designs for DreamWorks Boo. Uh, and then the next bit, uh, new voice voices reveals for Finding Dory. What do you think of those, Stanford? Well, I think I think they're cool. It's kind of funny how how uh, the story <laughs> came to be. Oh, yeah. So uh, Dominic West, who uh, you know the British actor who was who was in The Wire. I guess they were someone was asking him, or a reporter was asking him about if he keeps in contact with any of the other actors from that you know high, that highly acclaimed show. And the quote was basically, "Well, I saw Idris Elba recently, and we're both in the Finding Nemo sequel." <laughs> <laughs> so, surprise. So uh, anyway, uh, we don't know what characters they're playing, but sounds like the cat's out of the bag on on that for for. Uh, for at least the two of them. Yeah, I'm wondering if I think it's cool. I'm wondering if they'll be uh, Dory's like part of Dory's family. Well, yeah. And are they are they both going to play Brits? So you know, I mean, are they are they going to have British accents or are they going to have? I mean, who knows? So, right. It. Uh, what do you think about it? I'm looking forward to it. I, I like Idris Elba. I started watching that that British TV show Luther. That yes, he's in. that's uh, a pretty cool show. Yeah, and I've liked him as uh, Helmdell in the the Thor films, um, and uh, I didn't like him when he was on the the US Office, mostly because he was a, a d bag to the Jim's character. I yeah, because he like filled in for for Michael like like when M- Michael got fired at one point during one of the seasons. Uh, and I think that was the first time like I ever saw him in anything was was that character on The Office. So, so but yeah, then seeing him in like this, this other stuff, though I've liked him in, in that as well. And then he was in a that Ghost Rider sequel a few years ago too. All right. Yeah. So the cast for this this is pretty interesting so far. It's got so right now it's Dominic West, Idris Elba, Ellen DeGeneres, Albert Brooks, Willem Dafoe, Diane Keaton, Eugene Levy, Ty Burrell, and they haven't said anything yet, but I'm kind of since it takes place. What was it? It says it takes place a, a year after. It's like Finding a year Nemo. after Finding Nemo. And so I'm not sure exactly how they'll they'll do aging for fish. <laughs> and it, right. It's because I know Alexander Gould, who who did the voice of Nemo in the first film about eleven years ago. You know, he's like in his late teens, early twenties, I believe, at this point. He was also on on the show Weeds that we talked about a little while ago. Albert Brooks actually did a few episodes of of Weeds as well. And then um, the woman, I don't remember what her name is off the top of my head, but she played a character on Weeds. And she did the voice of Coral in Finding Nemo. So there's this one episode all three of those characters were in. It was kind of like a mini Finding Nemo reunion in live action. So that was kind of funny. But... Uh, 
I think if they're gonna, if if they age Nemo up, if it's since it's a year later, it would be perfectly fine to have Alexander Gould do the voice of Nemo again and just you know, he's got a deeper voice because he's older now. He's, he's gone older. through he's gone through fish puberty. He's, yeah, he's a he's a late teenager. Yeah, fish puberty. So <laughs> you know that how that goes. Um, but yeah, so that's all of our news this week. Where uh, besides oh one last thing. Uh, we were talking about Star Wars Rebels a little while earlier. That got picked up for a season two already, so it hasn't really even started airing. Besides that, that has the film actually even been on? T- it was on th- on the third, right? On the, on the third, on I believe on Disney Channel. Channel. Okay, so yeah, apparently just from the what, it was even before yeah, it premiered. From, yeah, from they, the viewership that they. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Like the day before or the morning of, it got is when it got announced. So yes. pretty so confident. Disney's putting in all their chips on Star Wars Rebels. Uh, so far, from what I've seen from those first two episodes we've gotten, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm looking to, forward to seeing more of that. I like all the characters on it, and I can't wait to to see more of it. So I'm definitely excited for a season two. Uh, and also, uh, one last thing, uh, like we told you about, you get that free episode of Star Wars Rebels on iTunes. The first four season premieres of Bob's Burgers are also free on iTunes right now, too. So you can check those out and download those for yourself right now, too, for free. So And free is always pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, like the five, it's like the five finger discount, but you're not actually stealing anything. So, so, yeah, that is our all of our main news for this week. So we'll be back in a few seconds, guys, with the, the three trailers we have to talk to you about this week. So see you guys in a few seconds. back with our new trailers for the week the the first one we're gonna be talking about is the first teaser trailer we're getting for pixar's inside out uh it's got about maybe 20 seconds of actual footage from the film itself uh i'll I'll let you start with this stanford what did you think about the the trailer we got it's kind of like one of those very classic uh pixar teaser trailers where they basically tell you nothing about the movie more yeah i loved it because exactly it 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 was a classic Pixar teaser in that they highlighted uh, basically the emotions from other, all the other Pixar films. Yeah. And, and every film gets a shout out in this, in this uh, show. It's almost like a Pixar repre- or, uh, retrospective, retrospective yeah. with the exception of Cars 2. Cars yeah. 2 doesn't get it. <laughs> but anyway, we won't go there. But uh, it, uh, and then it, talks about the the actual five emotions from from inside out that were revealed at the d23 expo yeah, last year joy sadness anger disgust and uh, fear fear so so uh but it's you know beautiful i thought it was beautifully done 
just Pixar at its best. Yeah. And we get like a brief little look at like the design of like what headquarters is going to look like. Yeah. Uh, we get our first kind of look at, at what all of those char- those emotion characters are going to look and feel like. I'm, I'm betting that this footage that we saw is not actually going to be in the movie because usually their teaser trailers don't have any actual footage right from the film stuff. So like if you remember the Monsters University uh, yep. teaser that wasn't in the film, the Cars teaser that wasn't in the movie. Uh, I don't even think the brave, like the brave teaser, that none of that was in the film either. Nope. So they're usually pretty good with their teasers of not showing any actual footage from the actual film. We got to look at the uh, of Riley. Oh yeah, that yeah you know, the, the the teenager that which his head looks like it was that like a little bit longer bit of that snippet we saw that they showed on the Disney movies anywhere. Yes, thing a few months ago, which is actually if you go back and watch that. That little bit that you can see of the test animation of the the motion characters on the back background, where like uh, Joy is giving them all a hug uh-huh. on the stark black background, that's essentially what we see in the the teaser. Yeah. So. So it looks like it was they were just working on the animation for that then when they were showing the. Right. <laughs> and and a brief look at Riley's mom and dad. Yeah. Which too. everybody looked very happy at that table. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, what did you think of work? I liked it. I thought it looked cool. I liked the the way that they actually included Bugs Life in there too, because I'm a big proponent for perpetuating the awesomeness of a Bugs Life. Um, but yeah, I liked how how they you know how they they highlighted each of those emotions from past Pixar films, and like they almost made it like made you cry from the the trailer itself just because you know they show yeah. sadness and then they have to show carl uh uh waxing, heartbreak waxing copacetic uh poetically about um ellie. looking at ellie in there and then then he shows him putting his hand on, on her chair like, on her empty chair yeah. yeah it's like you guys had to do that didn't you i know <laughs> um, but it the, makes sense too that oh, yeah. since it's a pete doctor yeah well, yeah, obviously, yeah. Then it's probably yeah, yeah. Because if you watch a little bit more, they highlight Monsters Inc. and uh, up the most out of, out of the films that they show. And their Monsters University gets uh, a shot, uh, but it's mostly Monsters Inc. that that they show in there for, for as long as the Monsters Universe goes. Uh, and then I like that little tag at the end where uh, sadness comes out and just kind of like looks and is like. And then it turns around. Yeah, it was fun to see uh, sadness move. Yeah, you know that's the, I guess that's the one thing that was, if anything, that was new was her little walk, we got, which is just so sad. And we got very little snippets of uh, the voice work for some of them too. Uh, so you heard a little bit of Bill Hader's fear, a very very tiny bit from Mindy Kaling as discussed, which it was more like a sound than yeah. And then I don't think we even heard anything from from Phyllis Smith as sadness. And then uh, a little bit of uh, Lewis Black as anger. And then obviously the most from Amy Poehler as joy. So that that was pretty cool. And then I liked the thing at the end where it said a major emotion Emotion. picture. Yeah, I like that. And then obviously uh, you can't do that trailer without using the Aerosmith song, Sweet Emotion. I thought that was was a nice, clever song to use for the trailer. I thought that was a, yeah. Really well done. Yeah, so uh, 
I'm looking forward to seeing that trailer in a, in a theater too. I don't know what it'll be attached to. It'll probably be attached to that Disney movie, the the Alexander and the Oh yeah, no good, very bad. That opens up day. this week too, doesn't it? Yeah, Is it on the tenth. I think I'm gonna end up seeing that with with my son. Uh, oh, perfect. When okay. when my wife and her her mom go see the the Robert Downey Jr. movie, The Judge. Uh huh. Which I want to see that too, but uh, I think it's rated R. So. Uh, I'll go. I'll go see yeah, go the Steve Carell friendly stuff. Yeah, because I mean, it's got Steve Carell, Jennifer Garner's in there, uh, Donald Glover from Community's even in there too. So yeah, and and then uh, the kid that's in it, um, that plays his like older brother in the movie. Uh, he was he was Jack's son in the the last season of Lost, and then he's also was on last season of Agents of Shield, and looks like he's gonna be on this season of Agents of Shield too. So. And there's a nice. I remember from the, one of the trailers that, that, that he like knocks something over, and they're like, "Watch it, wreck it, Ralph." I was like, "Nice." They made a Disney reference. Disney reference in a Disney, Disney movie. Movie. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Uh, speaking of of Disney, uh, well, actually, I don't think tell this one is. I think this is a G Kids. It's one, a right? G Kids, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. So Hayao Miyazaki tend to be the, the Disney ones, I guess, more more of the time, but. Uh, I'll let you take this this one away. Yeah. Uh, so to let everybody know, we may not be pronouncing this right. It may be Kuyuga or Kaguya. So, so sorry, yes. sorry in advance. Apologies in advance. So the trailer for Studio Ghibli's latest film is now out on iTunes. It's the tale of the Princess Kaguya, uh, or again, however is the proper way to say it. But it really just knock my socks off this yeah. this trailer yeah go out and watch it if you have if you haven't seen it yet it's instantly recognizable as something from studio ghibli yet it almost looks like it's a watercolor yeah it looks painting like, come to life like those older like japanese watercolor paintings you would see like on like like a certain type of like fabricated uh fabric like um material and it looks, yeah, like you're saying, looks like it. It's like kind of like how that Glen Keane short yes. I saw, where it's like that got that same kind of like fluid, like paintbrushy. Mm, it's like you can see paint, almost see the paintbrush. Like yeah, or, or like uh, Ernest and Celestine. It's kind mm-hmm. of like that as well. So, I, and I know Ernest and Celestine was apparently computer animated. I didn't know that. Uh, so I, I wonder if this one was actually hand-drawn animation too because i know with ernest and celestine they did it computer animated because they wanted it to have that watercolor feel but there wasn't a way from them to actually do the animation and also have it like be in watercolor so i'd be interested to see like the the production process for this film too it looks it looks really cool and i think this may be james can james Kahn's uh last film Oh really? I'm not because he he does a he's one of the the American dubbed voices in it. Yeah. And I'm not sure of what else was in the pipeline of stuff that he had been working on, but I think this may be the last thing. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is in the or does a voice in the film as well. Uh, Mary Steenburgen, who I'll always think of as Clara from uh, Back to the Future Three. Back to the Future. Uh, Darren Chris, who you guys may all know from Glee. Uh, Lucy Liu uh, also does a voice as well. So, as usual, they have a, a pretty awesome voice cast. Uh, 
when they they port these over and do the, the American dubs. So I'm looking forward to this. And it, who did you say it was directed by? It was uh, Kovu. Well, it's, a sa- it's, it's again. Sorry for my pronunciation. It's a Sal Taka Takahata. It's like, and he he's yeah. the co-founder of Studio Ghibli with along with Hayao uh, Miyazaki. So uh, anyway, it's 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 the real deal. Yeah, it looks it looks really really awesome. Uh, and the synopsis for it, we'll, we'll give you guys really quick. Uh, our legendary Studio Ghibli co-founder Azayo Takahata revisits Japan's most famous folktale in this gorgeous hand-drawn masterwork, decades in the making. Uh, found inside a shining stalk of bamboo by an old bamboo cutter, James Kahn, and his wife, Mary Steenburgen, a tiny girl grows rapidly into an exquisite young lady, Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, the mysterious young princess enthralls all who encounter her, but ultimately she must confront her fate, the punishment for her crime. Which uh, I guess we'll have to find out what her actual crime is. Yeah, what the crime is. Uh, from the studio that brought you Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, and The Wind Rises, comes a powerful and sweeping epic that redefines the limits of animated storytelling and marks a triumphant high point within, within an extraordinary career in filmmaking for a director, Asayo Takahara. And that is scheduled to begin its year's release on October 17th. So that'll, which will probably be like New York and New York and LA and LA, then maybe like a week later, like an art house theaters around the U.S. So I'm hoping uh, that opens up our hand. There's one art theater in Tempe, Arizona, that they had uh, from up on Poppy Hill when that came out. Okay. And nobody ended up going to see it with me, and and I didn't want to go see it by myself, so. This one I may end up going to see by myself if nobody else wants to go see it with me. But well, I mean, show up in Salt Lake City, but they're they're here for like a week sometimes. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, so that's what, what it was be... for for from up on Poppy Hill when it was at the Art Theater too. It was there for one week and then it was gone. So they've got a G Kids has a has set up a Facebook page for the film, and I think that they've been pretty good about up, updating uh, the theater list. Okay. Too so we've got a link on on our site so you can go or just just search for search for it on Facebook and um, hopefully yeah. you can go check it out and and the the film just won uh, the audience award at Fantastic Fest last month uh, in Austin Texas so good yeah, it, good things yeah good buzz for this movie it looks beautiful and I don't I don't know if they saw the dubbed version or if they saw the original yeah I'm not sure uh, what they played there version. either. So, if I you're... think at the Toronto Film Festival they played the dub version. Okay. I think so. Maybe, maybe it was just the dubbed version there as well. Well, if, if you guys were there and you, and you saw it, let it, let us know if it was the dubbed version or the the uh, subtitled version. And the last but not least trailer we were talking about is the new trailer they released for Big Hero Six. Yay. Uh, which, which has the most new footage we've seen from the film so far. We get a really great look at all of our main characters, as well as a more in-depth look at, at Hero and Baymax. And what, what did you think about the the new Big Hero Six trailer? Oh, I thought it looked terrific, Mark. I thought that I love being able to see more uh, footage, and again, even if it's just for a, one second, you know, it's still it's just it it, it looks. It looks really epic. So they continued with their theme of of basically kind of the heartwarming comedy that they're trying to show off with 
with Baymax, but then uh, yeah, more uh, a- more action too. Yeah, uh, it may be slightly spo- spoilery for people. Spoilery, that, yeah. That don't know too much about the story of of the film already, so maybe steer clear of it if you didn't if you don't know like what the the basic kind of premise of the story is yet, because uh, that that may give it away to you. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other stuff that's that's in the trailer that isn't really spoilery. It's pretty great to see. Uh, we've seen some of the shots of it before, uh, like in the clips that they've released. Like some of them, like that hero and, and Baymax, where he's like, uh, he you know where he stubs his toe. Yeah. Uh, but then there's like a good one of like the six like leaning on Baymax. <laughs> yeah, that's great. There's uh, there's more scenes of, of Baymax in his his Mark One kind of suit that we've we've highlighted before, like that green suit. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed uh, in, in the in the 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 police office when they're when they're, when they're there, yeah. Uh, one of those those wanted posters that looks like the it's actually Don Hall and Chris Williams. <laughs> so <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love. There's there's more of a scene in there too where it's where uh, Hero tells Baymax to punch the door and he punches it and just doesn't. He's like, kick it, and then he just. Just like the slight kick, and yeah, he's like, that little kick is so great. Uh, and really? then, the, and there's these shots of all of the six. It looks like uh, probably Fred's place because you know he's the the big uh, nerd of the group, and he's got like all these toys and whatnot. And there's a great shot of uh, Baymax flying with Hero, and then there's another one where he's holding uh, Wasabi and and Fred, and Fred's like doing like the Superman stance, like with his, his arms, with his, his mask off. So that's pretty funny as well to check out. So well, uh, I really like to Mark the, uh, just again, even though it was all like two seconds of, of, uh, is it Yokai? Is yeah, that Yo-Kai. saying that right? The yeah, bad guy? yeah. More great footage of, wow. of Yokai in there too. What well, looks like his control of the microbots just looks so rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So we're, we're, even more excited for Big Hero 6 now after seeing that trailer, and we hope you guys are too. Uh, so that, that's all of our trailers for the, this week. We'll be back in a few seconds with our recommendations for the week for you guys. We are back with our recommendations for the week. Uh, my first recommendation this week uh, is for two of the the most recently kind of like special episodes that Phineas, Phineas yeah, can't talk. Phineas and Ferb has has done recently. The first one is called Lost in Danville, uh, which was written by Damon Lindelof and uh, Terry O'Quinn guest stars. Uh, well, as a uh, does a voice in in the episode, and it's it's. A uh, nice tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, lost homage uh, episode. And it's pretty awesome to just kind of see, like, you know, Phineas and Ferb and and 
everything referencing Lost in, in one thing. And it was cool that Damon Lindelof wrote the story for this, too, because I remember he did some interview where he was talking about, like, his son loves Phineas and Ferb, and, like, that's one of the shows he likes watching with his kids. So that's why he it looks like he ultimately got in touch with, you know, Dan Pogenmeyer and Jeff Swampy Marsh and wrote an episode, and they did a nice, you know, ref, like, re- reference-heavy episode that talks about lost more or less i know there's probably like polar bears and, and you know it's, it's it's pretty awesome so i would definitely check that out and then the other one is called night of the pharmacists and that was the one that we were talking about recently uh they released a clip from it that actually had uh i don't know if we talked about this in our past news episode but uh simon Pegg and nick frost reprised their characters from the Shaun of the dead film in this episode so if, if you're a big fan of that, I would say check that out. That, that was an awesome episode as well, especially if you're a big fan of Shaun of the Dead and, and you'd like to see Shaun and Ed once more in animated form. Uh, we have we have the clip from that on our site as well, so, too. So if you want to check that out, you can there, too. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and then uh, if you've been watching Once Upon a Time, uh, this season, at least the first half of it, is going to be focusing on Frozen characters like Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, and uh, Sven a little bit. Uh, and so far they've had the first two episodes, which have been pretty pretty cool. The way they played it with it. Uh, um, I don't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but the, the woman that they have playing uh, Anna is doing a really great job of like kind of capturing that same spirit that Kristen Bell did as, as the voice of Anna in the film. And then uh, Georgiana Haig, as uh, Elsa is doing a really great job too. They they look like straight out of the film, just live action versions. Like like the costuming even. Uh, like at, at one point, like near the end of the first episode, uh, you see Anna like in her full like winter kind of attire, straight exactly from the film. Yeah, it looks the pictures I've seen Mark look like they just they just pretty much molded oh, yeah. identical. Whereas many of the other characters in the show. Yes. Don't, most, right? Yeah, and I think mostly with that is because like Frozen is such a like new Disney film. Yeah. That they're they're uh, referencing and like doing on the show that it would almost be weird if they read redefined it too much. Uh, there was also a nice thing in that first episode where uh, uh, if if you're not too far, it's not too big of a spoiler, but that uh, the the Beauty and the Beast story in terms of uh, Once Upon a Time is that uh, Stilskin is the beast more or less. Uh, and they did a nice homage to the, the ballroom scene from beauty and the beast. And they, they even have like the tales oldest time, uh, playing like on, on like an old, like megaphone record. Well, uh, uh, the beast and, uh, bell dance to it in, in the blue, a uh, jacket and the yellow and the, gowns. The, the, so th- that was cool as well. That's cool. And there's a pretty cool like uh, reference to what may be something going on with uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice in, in this opening episode, too. So maybe we'll see Yen Sid on the show, too. That would be kind of interesting. Uh, and then Elizabeth Mitchell is going to be coming up on the show, too. Is I'm not too sure uh, yet whether she's the original Ice Queen like that the, you know, the Hans Christian Andersen story is about. Or if she's the Ice Queen from Narnia, or if she's actually Elsa's real mom and Elsa was adopted, or if, like, say she's Elsa's aunt and, you know, like, uh, Anna and Elsa's sister 
had, uh, or I mean, mother had like sisters that they never told her about or whatever that. Oh, the the rock trolls actually showed up in the episode two, and uh, as did Marshmallow, and those actually looked somewhat interesting in in live action form in the film. I mean, in in the TV show, so. They're actually pretty close. John Rice Davies did the voice for uh, Grand uh, Pooby, so I thought that was interesting. Oh. Uh, and I, I heard that you just started watching Once Upon a Time too. What, what, what have you thought so far? Been patient with me, trying to encourage me to watch the show. So I finally, on Netflix, started watching uh, season one, and you know, and it's been fun. It's, uh, they, they, the setup's interesting, and and. And uh, so far, so far I've liked it. So I'll 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 continue on and see how how it goes. But I mean, I'm a long way till I get to this uh, Frozen storyline. Yeah. I got a lot of a lot of hours of TV left. I I will tell you that uh, season two sags a little bit uh, in quality, but then season three was was pretty great. They, they did, picked it up. Uh, season three, they started a thing where they split the season in two, where like the first half of the season is one story arc and then they wrap that up and then they go on their uh, winter hiatus and then when they come back in the spring they do a second story arc and so I think that's what they're going to do this year too or like the first half of this year before they go on break is going to be this frozen thing and then when they come back in the spring it'll be like a new story arc and last year the first one was Peter Pan and Neverland and then when they came back it was uh, uh, the Wicked Witch of the and the um, Wizard of Oz, so it should be cool to see what they do for the second half of the season. And, uh, so far, I'm I'm liking it though too, and I hope you continue to enjoy this. Season one is is really awesome. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot, and that's what kind of got me hooked on the show. And there, if you've watched Lost, there's nice uh, tongue-in-cheek Lost references. Yeah, too. And, yeah, yeah. Like like you'll see the same brand of like candy bars from there, or like. <laughs> The, the McCutcheon whiskey from Lost, or sometimes uh, you'll randomly spot Oceanic Airlines uh, in an episode. Uh, so, and I, I think actually Ajira Airlines was in an episode too. So, yeah, they're having fun with that. That's cool. Definitely. And and yeah, because Eddie uh, Eddie Kiditz and Adam Horowitz were two of the the writers on Lost too. So yeah, there you go. Uh, and then what were you going to be recommending this week, Stanford? Well, we just talked about it, but I just wanted to make sure uh, anybody who's 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 into beautiful hand dry animation to check out the tale of the, that that trailer for the tale of Princess Kaguya, that new Studio Ghibli film. That is such a knockout, and uh, sure. it's that just it just looks gorgeous. So for sure, uh, yeah, that the movie looks awesome. I can't wait to to see that. But yeah, guys, so those are all our recommendations for the week. Uh, and with that, we're going to bring the episode to a close. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And I'm at Stanford Clark. Or you can follow the show at Animated Podcast. Feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our site at animationfascination.wordpress.com. And with that, I'm actually closer than ever to actually getting us a legit domain name uh, very soon. Uh, Mostly in part thanks to 
my new job and the discounts I get. <laughs> but you can also like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. So I'm Mark Fibbert, guys. Uh, for myself, Stanford Clark. Uh, we thank you all for listening and make sure to tune in again next time. Later. Thanks, Mark. No Thanks problem. All you do. I'll talk to you later. Later, man. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. I was surprised when I when I called you that I didn't accidentally say thank you for calling. <laughs> it's right. He got all these new. Yeah, now it's almost ingrained. Yeah. That that was like if like say episode episode two featured only Jar Jar Binks. Ugh, yeah. That's, that's basically what it. That's felt how like. it makes you feel. <laughs> yeah.